Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to One Up, delivered through the AI podcast channel. I am your host, as usual, Guy. Joining me is Carl. How are you doing, Carl? Not too bad, Guy. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Football's over, so I've got more free time. Apart from England play tonight, but who cares? Um, and it's finally gaming. Well, it's not even gaming season because games don't come up till late in the year, but it's gaming news season, Carl. So we, albeit we did promise to do a show in between, but. Stuff happens. <laughs> but we are back for E3 season. Yeah, um, yeah, no, as always. You can never take what we say in terms of That's promises um, to, to, to heart because, you know, things things are getting away. But we are here with our E3 preview. We promise that. And it'll, it'll most likely be a two-part. Well, it'll have to be a two-parter because some of the shows haven't quite been revealed yet. So um, we'll, we'll probably do that second part next week because I assume... There'll, there'll be the details will be out by then, um, but we do have um, a few shows to go through, which we'll we'll get to obviously after the news. Absolutely, absolutely. And before we go into the news proper, we do we did have a we had a few gameplay reveals. We're probably going to focus on Horizon a bit more because well, we both watched it, <laughs> um, but there was Far Cry and Dying Light. They've both got uh, released it as well, so we'll touch on that as well. But Horizon Zero Dawn, Carl, I know you finally played the first one. Did, did you finish the first one? You get wrong with I, I did, yeah. No, I, and I finished the, the Frozen Wilds um, DLC as well. Uh, like, excellent game. One of the, the mm. best games of the last generation. So certainly hyped for the, the the new one now now i can i can properly board the hype train now that i finished up the first <laughs> one a few months ago you finally have someone to talk about horizon properly whereas it's just me i played it a bit and i got bored because it wasn't on my console oh dear that's the crappiest opinion ever but here we are i mean j- just from my point of view it, it looked quite a lot more colorful but i did only play the first probably not even third where it was all just bit too bit too green, whereas this you had a big ass glowing mammoth on like a beachy 
it's San Francisco, isn't it? So it's very bright, bright and vibrant and stuff like that. But it did look much brighter and look more smoother, and um, it looked next Jenny is probably the word for it, didn't it? Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, that that was my first takeaway was that the you know the visuals were quite striking. The colors really popped, as you say. I mean, I, I wouldn't. Um, not to say that the first game was particularly gray or, or dull, mm-hmm. but the colors particularly pop on this one. And there was that kind of concern with this game that because it's coming to PS4 as well, that maybe it would be kind of a half step to, to next gen. But obviously it was the PS5 version they were showcasing here and it, it looked beautiful. Like I, I, I can't undersell the, the, the visuals at all like they're top-notch looking and it really looks like a a next-gen title as you said yeah it really does i mean obviously if you you probably if you listen to this you probably did see it but it did look like some sort of side mission i'm not sure if that character was in the first game but he's obviously got captured by the new enemy faction and they have a giant ass mammoth like obviously there was loads of robot dinosaur things in the in the first one too to tame and hunt and, and and whatnot. I don't think there was. Don't think there was a mammoth, was there? But it, it, adding new new stuff into even into a what was like nine minutes of gameplay, wasn't it? So it's already showing stuff new. And the uh, we'll focus on that, and then we'll talk about the underwater because that's completely new. I think, isn't it? Yeah, so um, for for the record, that character was kind of he was the main main character, very central to the story. I mean, he, he that's how much I be, played. <laughs> he, he comes to be effectively Aloy's best friend, I'd say. Um, so I, I'd say that's I'd say that's a, a story related quest, very mm. probably most likely central. Now that's just making the assumption that that he is still a central character. He might have be relegated to to more of a sideshow in the, in the sequel, and and there could be new kind of characters um, that take center stage. Um, but no, mammoths are certainly new. Um, they were were something that I, I think a lot of people would have expected to be in the first game, but weren't uh, given the other kind of creatures that, that um, were there. Um, also Raptors also new. Um, so that's, that's pretty damn cool. I mean, there was kind of Raptor like mm. creatures in the first game, but they, they didn't, they didn't really have that, that full on Jurassic park Raptor feel to them. And these seem more in line with that. Um, so that, that's pretty cool. Um, like it, it looks like I, I wondered, you know, I was, I was, I was intrigued by this as I was playing Horizon, like how a sequel would be, because it, it, it felt like, you know, I, I know every sequel has to be kind of quite similar to the original, mm. but it felt like this having such a unique sequel. I, I wondered what they, or sorry, a unique setting. I wondered what they could do with a sequel to, to kind of make, differentiate it somewhat and, and make it worthwhile. And it just seems like they're kind of adding things, you know, they're they're just kind of padding it out. And obviously, as we said, they're making it look better. And I think I think that will make for a worthy sequel. I mean, we've seen with the uh, combat at one point that that Aloy kind of seems to put like a sort of almost like a mod on her spear yeah. mid fight. And also the point she seems to like launch herself off this this um, enemy 
to get a bit of air and then shoot an arrow for from midair. So it seems like they've just made her a bit more agile and, and kind of expanded your, her combat repertoire. And, and that's pretty cool because that, that's the kind of thing that's going to keep people playing. I mean, mm-hmm. if you, if it just was literally, it, you took everything with the first game and, and said, Oh, you're in San Francisco now, you know, I, I, I have concerns as far as myself, whether that would keep me for another 50, 60 hours, definitely keep me for 10 to 20, but, but 50, 60, mm-hmm. I, I think there needs to be something new. And I, I think we, we, we certainly saw that there, there's going to be a, a lot of new features in this one. Yeah, it certainly did. It certainly did. It looked, the combat looked smooth. It looked, it looked great, really. The, the climbing and stuff, which just to throw a bit of shade, it looked very, it looked very uh, consistent in the PlayStation games. Well, at least, at least you've got games to talk about. Um, we talked about how well it looked, but probably highlighting that best was the underwater segment. Obviously, that's new to that game, but I mean, underwater and in water, it, it seems to be an easy way to highlight the visuals in a game. I've got Sea of Thieves popped into my head. That's probably got some of the best water I've seen in gaming. Whereas this... The underwater, it just it looked great, and there was obviously animals and stuff under there. As long as there's not a, a robot hippo that just batters people, uh, we'll be fine. But yeah, I mean, the underwater looks stunning, didn't it? Oh, it really does. I mean, obviously, um, with the the previous game, you know, water was restricted to to just rivers and you know and and lakes. And there was kind of crocodile type creatures in there and, and you could you could kill fish with your spear or arrows and, and collect um their carcasses. But it it was you know, you couldn't really swim per se. Um but it seems obviously with this being in a coastal setting that the the water's gonna play a big part and um you, you know, it, it looks like they're, they're not just making it a, an empty underwater world. Like, it looks like there's places you can explore and there's creatures that are, are specifically underwater. So, again, as, as I was saying before, it's, it's just about really adding things on to, to just make it, it, it seem fresh, which, as I said, I did have my concern on how they do it for a game like this, but they, they really seem to have nailed it from, from what we saw in this, this gameplay segment. Yeah, certainly promise. I mean... We probably won't... Well, it might do, but probably not in this one. It might be part two of the Sony stuff. I know they're at one of the events. or meant to show something at one of the events, but more confident in this being this year. I think they did say there would be a further update later this year, but I don't know if they'd show that at a non-Sony... What do they call them? What are they called? Is it direct? Is it direct? I don't know what they're called. <laughs> State of play. State of play, that is the bloody one. They just need to find one term. Yeah, the... These buzzwords. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've I've heard mixed kind of uh, views on the on that. Um, you know, some people seem to think that um, you know we, we we won't see the the game this side because they didn't give a date during this showing, while others seem to suggest that um, we will see it. But and I I do believe that someone from the team. Um, I, I I don't have the quote in front of me, so I don't know exactly who said, but said that they're still on track. And obviously, they originally announced this game yeah. for this year. So you know, you, you, we can possibly take that that it will be out mm-hmm. this year. Um, and obviously, we we hope it will be because we 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 want kind of new next gen games, even if it is also going to be on on previous gen. But as we said, it certainly looks like a next gen game. 
Um, I mean, I'd be I'd be quietly confident that they'll they'll make a, a kind of October, mm. maybe November release. Um, but it, it it looks like it's regardless that it's it's far along. So I think even if it is delayed into 2022, it could be early 2022. And and the original game did launch in in kind of February March time. So it it could be somewhat similar, but I, I'd be hopeful that it'll be out that this side of the new year. Yeah, I think even if it's something like December, probably a bit later than the originally planned, I do think it will because Returnal obviously got great reviews, but I won't say it was a big game. Maybe it's bigger because of the pandemic, but I won't say that's one a a huge. Well, I might be completely wrong. The commercial success that's probably what I'm looking for. Then there's Ratchet and Clank coming out this month or next month isn't there that's probably not obviously looks great but it's probably not one a, a huge seller i might be completely wrong in that whereas horizon zero dawn is your it's one of your top tier games that can really show off next gen having said that ratchet and clank is probably the most next gen looking game so far um but yeah, I think, yeah this is true and i think uh, sony will want something out whether it just dips into 2022 um we'll see We'll see. Um, we'll talk about these next two games just quickly. I mean, Far Cry Six uh, got a release date of October seventh, and I hope we have you haven't watched the gameplay, and I've only watched bits and bits and bobs. But we probably touched on this when when it was first announced or showed up there, Ubisoft Forward Show, like whenever the hell that was. Uh, Cuba-ish setting. Uh, I can't remember the bloody actor's name. John Lar- uh I can I can't pronounce it. Uh, John Larko De- oh, Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. John Larko Breaking Bad. Um Yeah, we you know who we're on about. He's obviously a fantastic actor, plays a great villain. I, I mean from the bits and bobs I have seen, we've got a crocodile mate, we've got a sausage dog mate, and you've got a gun that shoots Macarena CDs at people. Which is great to me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the the it's Far Cry is always a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's not to be taken too too similar or too sorry too serious rather. Um, and it's John La uh, Giancarlo Esposito. There we go. There we go. There we go. Um, yeah. So the, and they they tend to be very much villain focused. Like yeah. it's not the hero that's the main focus. It's always the villain. Obviously, we had like Voss in uh, Far Cry Three, in um, Far Cry Four, we had um, Nin, who was yeah. voiced by Troy Baker, um, who was was pretty cool as well. Um, I can't recall the 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 villain from Far Cry Five, but again, it's always villain based. It's always you're you're generally in a tropical setting, mm-hmm. although Far Cry Five moved away from that and was set in, in the American Midwest. Um, but but generally, kind of uh, a lot of wilderness and that you're you're hunting animals, you're you know working with crazy characters alongside you, and usually, as I said, that the big bad is always the the craziest of all, um, and they're just a lot of fun. Um, so I mean, th- this is one Far Cry Six that I feel a lot of people were disappointed when it was delayed. So it's good that it's finally back on track and has a new release date. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'm quite looking forward to it because I think everyone loves Far Cry 3. I think people like 4, but not as much as 3. And then you don't really hear much about Primal 
five, and I can't even remember what the five point two two game was. It New was, Dawn. New Dawn. That was it. Jesus. Um. But yeah, I think if they get back to the heights of three and even possibly four, I think people will look at it hugely positive. And I think they went, well, we wanted an iconic villain. We watch TV. Here's <laughs> one. Um, but fair enough, it might it probably work. But yeah, I'm quite looking forward to that. Um, the other game and the release date on that was Dying Light Two. Dying Light Two. Just making sure I don't call it Dead by Daylight again to confuse Carl. <laughs> um, Dying Light 2, December 7th. Uh, this has been in production hell for a little bit, considering it, I think it was 2017 we first seen this. Um, I didn't play... I was going to call it Dead by Daylight again. Dying Light 1, I know you... I don't think you have played it, but you wanted to play it. I mean, I'm sure I heard on another podcast, it's like Mirror's Edge crossed with Left 4 Dead, which sounds grand. And I would, I kind of am tempted to play this, but I don't think I'd pay for it. If that makes sense. I think it was, uh, it was, I think it was free on um, PlayStation Plus. Once upon a time, now I could be making that up, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was. I own the, the game anyway. Um, it, it is one that I, I wanted to play because um, Matt, who we had on the podcast before, with us to do the, the Witcher three review, um, way back when. He played this and like he, he was a big fan and I know a lot of people counted among kind of the best games of, of the last gen and uh, I think as as you said like de- de- it's 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 Dead Island kind of influenced but it's better um you know whereas I think Dead Island was a cool idea but it got old really quick it was kind of monotonous I think Dying Light does things a lot better and and kind of keeps keeps people interested and um, there is a lot of parkour involved so you do kind of have that that mirror's edge influence as well um but i i watched matt play it for about 20 minutes at one point and it, it did look it was a at the time it was a really visually striking game i'm sure it'll look a little bit dated at this point um but nonetheless at the, at the time it did seem kind of a, a, a almost a trendsetter for for next what was next gen i suppose at that time because uh the, the playstation 4 would have been pretty new at the at that point um but the the second game looks like it's it's more the same but but um more ambitious um it seems to have more of a focus on you know less on the zombies and more so on the the humans like the, the bad humans in a um in the post-apocalyptic world which i suppose is a little bit like um the walking dead seems to always focus on the human villains yeah but as you said it has been kind of in hell for a while and i think that's because techland decided to self-publish um which it's always nice when you see a a studio going out on their own and and self-publishing but sometimes there can be problems i mean the first game was published by warner bros and maybe that you know at this point they might have some regrets and, and wonder if they should have stuck with Warner Bros or maybe gone with another publisher. Um, but at least now that the game has a release date and, and touch water will make this one and, and we'll get to see it because this is one I'd be definitely tempted to, to play. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd maybe give it a go when the lull period kicks in next year. It just well, it depends what else is coming out this year. I think it just I do like the human element and the factions and stuff like that we've seen in in uh, previous gameplay as well as well as the the uh, most recent one. So I think it will be interesting to see how your 
decisions affect um the world and stuff like that but yeah i think it will be interesting um but before we digress any further let's get into the news carl i mean we've got we've got a few but there are some uh some biggies in here do you want to start with the first one yeah so our first story nintendo switch pro reveal expected before e3 and this comes from tom phillips over at Eurogamer. so give it a read over there if you haven't already nintendo's long-awaited switch upgrade is expected to be shown ahead of e3 2021 according to a report published by Bloomberg and Eurogamer's own sources. It's understood that this is to ensure third parties working on games which support the upgraded Switch are free to announce these projects at E3 and before Nintendo's own digital showcase later in that week. A pre-E3 airing also allows Nintendo to focus its E3 reveals on its upcoming software lineup. Bloomberg's report states the new Switch will be released in, quote, September or October, end quote, and be sold alongside the cheaper Switch Lite, with the current Switch model phased out over time. Switch manufacture has been difficult over the past year, Bloomberg says, with parts shortages affecting manufacture. But the Switch is able to avoid the more serious chip shortages which have affected PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X slash S as it uses different components. Nintendo has form in revealing new hardware or details such as the name of an upcoming system ahead of E3 itself for similar reasons. Nintendo 3DS was first announced several months prior to E3 2010 and we also first heard the name Wii a month before E3 2006, so everyone could get used to that. And as I said, the full story is available over on Eurogamer. So we kind of already knew this was coming, so it's not news, but it's nice to get an idea of when we're going to to get a look at it, perhaps, and and possibly when it's going to come out as well. Yeah, I mean, this has been long rumoured, hasn't it, as well? So I think... Kind of expect it because what? When was the when was the mini, whatever the hell it's called, the the proper handheld one? That was two years ago. The Switch Lite, I believe. So let me just double check yeah. now. But obviously, I mean they had the first one, which got on. I'm bad with my years, but it was a good few years ago. Now then the Lite, and then the Pro, what improved battery life, maybe better screens and stuff like that for next gen games. It it probably. It'd probably just help. I'm not sure. I don't know what the market would be like for this, but obviously, as the as the article says, I mean they did similar with a free DS. They just kept improving or the free uh, the DS. I should say they just kept improving it, and they kept selling well. So why not? But I'm not sure. Would the jump be that huge for to, for someone to swatch that? To switch, I just made a bloody word up there. Swatch, switch from a a normal um switch to a to a pro switch. It'll be interesting to see how how big a leap it actually is. I suppose. Yeah, so you you were correct. The switch light was twenty nineteen September, so it'll be two years old, probably in and around the time when this is is rumored to be coming out. Um. Yeah, no, I, I understand where, where you're coming from on that. I, I don't think the Pro will be for everyone, but I think it'll probably attract the, the, the more hardcore Switch players. Um, obviously, a few years ago, they released the um, like a new SKU of the Switch, which had a, a better battery in it. Um, and I actually was tempted by that at the time, and I held off because I knew that a, a Pro was going to come av- available eventually 
eventually, which would also have improved battery life. And um, so I'm going to be certainly tempted by this. I mean, it's got a bigger screen. It's it's an improved screen. Um, it's got higher performance in, in dock mode, you know. And I think you, you see that with now, especially when the Switch, like obviously the Switch doesn't get ports of every third-party game. But they're trying to get, you know, as many as possible. And you can see some kind of suffer on the Switch. Um, and although we never expect a, a Switch to perform as well as as um, kind of a PlayStation or an Xbox, you know, they, they weren't even coming close to the PS4 and, and Xbox One, let mm. alone now the PS5 and, and Xbox Series X. So I feel it, it, it's important for Nintendo to get a, a, an improved console out there so that it just give deve- gives developers more to play with um, in, in regards to... to power and and getting the most out of their games um obviously i still think the focus for the the switch is going to be your nintendo first party titles and then kind of your your indies and rpgs maybe games that are less demanding and um, but nonetheless it is nice to have that option and i suppose we'll we'll talk a bit more about it when it's finally revealed and we know the the exact specifications for the the machine yeah absolutely it'll be interesting to see and we'll this will this will be one that runs into the uh, whenever the hell I, Nintendo show is. And that's why it's in two parts. We don't know what it is, <laughs> um, but we will see. Um, I'll do the next one. Valve is making a Switch-like portable gaming PC. This is from ARS Technica from Sam Makovich. Let's go with that. Uh, I picked the one with the wrong name. Um, video game and hardware studio Valve has been secretly building a Switch-like portable PC designed to run a large number of games on the Steam PC platform via Linux, and it could launch supply chain willing by year's end. Multiple sources familiar with the matter have confirmed that the hardware has been in development for some time, and this week Valve itself pointed to the device by slipping new hardware-related code into the latest version of Steam, the company's popular PC gaming storefront and ecosystem. Uh, Valve is a weird one for me, Carl. I mean, obviously, everyone loves Half-Life and, and, and Steam and, and, and so on and so forth, but, I mean, it it's placed outside of Steam in terms of making games. What was the last game it made? Left 4 Dead 2? Um, Half Life Alex. Oh, um, yeah, the, bloody the, hell, yeah, of course. The, uh, I, yeah, may tra- game. I may be chatting crappy then. <laughs> um, <laughs> anywho, ignore that game exists. I'm going to make my point. But I mean, does does it still have the strength of brand? I mean, Steam. That, that depends. Do you call it Valve or Steam? I don't know. Would, you, would a Steam box would probably work better than a a Valve box? Sounds weird. Obviously, they won't be the name, but it depends on the brand. I mean, if you make a, a portable Steam, I'll stick with Box. <laughs> Steam Pal is the code name for the device. At the oh, moment. yes. Yes. Call it Steam Pal. I like that. But yeah, I mean, what's your thoughts on this? It's it's interesting. I mean, the you, you mentioned the Steam Box there, which was a thing um, a few years ago that, that uh, now Valve didn't directly... Um, create them but they kind of licensed kind of third parties to, to create steam boxes and it never really took off um i you know then in their next kind of journey into to hardware was that the steam 
controller, um, which I, or the Steam Pad, I think it was called, um, which I, I think did reasonably well for, for kind of giving almost a, a universal gamepad for, for PCs. Um, but on, in terms of a handheld, as a lot of people point out, Nintendo are pretty much non-contested in 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 this um area at the moment i I know people try to claim that smartphones are are competition for nintendo and they they might have been briefly during the 3ds era and then they may have led to the 3ds's initial struggles but i think ultimately you know nintendo kind of overcame that and now you know they're they're very much in control of of handhelds, and I I think you know Apple Arcade and things. While while a move in in this direction, still don't bring phones in into a direct contest with with the Switch. But obviously, there seems to be an opportunity for someone to be competition for Nintendo, and and I think it's a smart idea to use an existing platform like Steam, where there's already a hell of a lot of games available. And, and bring that to, to a handheld form. Now, it'll be interesting to see kind of what the compatibility will be and, like, you you know, how, what, how powerful will the device be? How many games will it um, will it have in terms of from the Steam library? Will it kind of maybe rely on some form of streaming to make up the, the difference in power? Obviously, there's a lot still to be decided. But, it, it, you know, Valve has a lot of money to play with. You know, Steam Steam generates, it's a big cash cow. So, I mean, they can they can take this risk, um, depending on what kind of level of risk they deem it to be. Um, but I, I feel like it's a risk they can afford to take, and it'll be interesting to see how it works out for them. And, I mean, it, it's it's always a good thing to have more choice when it comes to to your your gaming options it'd be nice so that's uh handheld wise you'll you'll have another thing another device to choose from yeah it certainly won't i don't think it's a bad thing for the market or industry or whatever to compare for more for for switch as as we swear as we say um yeah portable gaming i mean the peak of it was psp and ds wasn't it so I mean, I don't think anything's. I don't think either as portable as as them were back in the day. But I mean, it's kind of that. But it'd be interesting to see if they can uh, reopen the portable gaming um, wars, shall we say? Um, next up, then, Borderlands Three make a force to block crossplay on PS Five and PS Four. And do you want to take us through this one, Carl? Yeah. So this comes from Ryan Gilliam over on Polygon, and Ryan writes. Borderlands 3 players will soon be able to group up together to hunt for loot across the galaxy, across platforms, unless their friends are on PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5. Randy Pitchford, president and CEO of Borderlands developer Gearbox Software, tweeted on Thursday morning that he had, quote, good news, end quote, and, quote, bad news, end quote. Pitchford's good news was that Gearbox had readied an update for the game that will add cross-play support across quote all platforms end quote the bad news 2k games borderland 3's publisher required gearbox to quote remove crossplay support for playstation consoles end quote in order to obtain certification to release the patch said pitchford that means that crossplay will be limited to the other platforms on which borderlands 3 is available mac 
Stadia, Windows, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. Pitchford didn't provide further details on the reasoning behind the decision. He also did not reveal when the Borderlands 3 crossplay feature will arrive or if there will be any kind of beta testing before launch. Interesting. I'd say expected, um, given obviously the the recent uh, reveals in in terms of um, Sony's attitude to crossplay that we got from obviously the Epic Games uh, case with Apple. Um, obviously, we we found out that um, Sony charge a fee to to Epic for for crossplay to be available to, to Borderlands and, and um, Rocket League and, and the like and you'd assume there's there's similar for some of the other games that have been granted crossplay functionality so it may just be a case that, that two game, 2k games shot down Sony when they, they kind of requested payments to, to allow crossplay Sounds right <laughs> um, It is a weird one I mean, it's the fact that it's PS4 or PS5 as well. It's not obviously uh, cross-console as well, such as Rocket League and stuff like that. I mean, PS4 or PS5, is, it's, a bit, it's a bit dickish. Like, I can understand wanting to keep it on your platform when you don't want them to play with Xbox and PC, but PS4 or PS5? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit knob-end. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. Um, no, I gather there's there, there may still be between the two platforms because technically you're playing the same game because mm. it's just that the PS4 game is enhanced. Um, but it it is a, a real shame because I, I thought maybe when Epic forced the the door open, um, in in regards to um, Fortnite, that that would would open the floodgates and we'd get a lot of um like a lot of games getting um cross cross platform and you know it's it's disappointing to me at this point that we don't have the likes of um kind of even FIFA and such have just cross platform across the board i mean i i think at this day and age we we should expect something like that but unfortunately that's not the case and probably won't be for some time given this news um sony are still certainly the the block to these things happening yeah, I suppose with them being the industry leader as well, they they run it as well. So blocking crossplay, cross gen, whatever, it's just what you can do from the power position, I suppose. But yeah, it's uh, fortunately Borderlands Freeze a game that's been out two years or something. But it'd be interesting to see how it develops further with other two K games and Gearbox games. Um, yeah, Jesus. It'll be interesting. It will be interesting. Uh, we'll do the last one, or I'll, I'll do the last one, and then we will get into our E3-ness. Um, Uncharted 4 is coming to PC, according to Sony Investor Report, and the source is said report. Uh, Uncharted 4, certainly PlayStation 4 exclusive, appeared in a presentation released for Sony's Investor Relations Day. Under the heading, more PC releases planned also on the slide is Days Gone, which obviously hit PC recently. The slide labelled New Growth Vector shows PC releases as a way of Sony to increase their return on investment on existing first-party games and, quote, create new fans for our IP. You're the PlayStation guy, Carl. 
I mean, it's obviously slowly becoming the norm for more PlayStation games to come on. Uh, Uncharted 4. I mean, it's a bit weird to not do the Nathan Drake collection then, then Uncharted 4, if you want to be like the uh, the character and so on. But I mean, it's just kind of continuing the, the trend of adding games onto, onto PC from PlayStation, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's certainly a, a trend. We're long gone the the days when you know one would be revealed and there, there was uh, a lot of backlash. I think obviously the the first one would have been when Death Stranding was um, said to be coming to PC as well. Um, people have obviously moved on from that and and are now accepting it. I, I was a little surprised by this one for a couple of reasons. Firstly, as you touched on, it's strange that they're not releasing the the Nathan Drake collection first. But secondly, I mean, I know a lot of different people that that would cover PlayStation that have spoken about this in the past, and they expected maybe that Sony would pick and choose, that maybe Uncharted, The Last of Us, and Spider-Man would remain console exclusives while their other titles would would come to PC. But it seems there is no pick and choosing here, that uh, eventually all the big titles will will come to the PC. Um, And I, I think... It, it doesn't really get much bigger than Uncharted 4, so uh, I, that certainly seems to be a sign of, of things to come. Um, so don't be surprised to see The Last of Us announced um, somewhere down the line. Yeah, I think Last of Us... It, it's, got a, it's got a war on there? It's not on PC yet, not but yet. Will be. could see it. Yeah. Um, and then Horizon Zero Dawn 2... Ghost of Shishima, probably eventually. Um, probably, well, they'll probably do it when there's a sequel bound, so you get a bit more publicity for it, isn't that? Wasn't Days Gone when that went on PC? It was the top selling game on Steam, and that's Sony's failure of a game. I, I, I did air quotes. I don't know why people can't see me. Um, yeah, and that was top selling on Steam for a day. Um, so yeah, it'd be, uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I mean, any, I mean, you've probably played them all, but. Is there any experiences you think work very well on PC? I mean, they probably all translate quite well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think they'll they'll work they'll work well there. Although that said, um, thus far it hasn't been the best experience for Sony games being ported to PC. Obviously, Horizon was a, a bit of a mess. So hopefully, they've learned lessons there, and and this is this runs a lot smoother once it comes out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, Carl, that was the last one. Yep, I've uh, I've used full scroll. That is the last one. So E3, I mean, general thoughts. I mean, it's always an exciting time, but I mean, overall, there's this one seems to be a bit more unknown going to this because I mean, on this one, the main two we'll probably talk about is Xbox and, and Ubisoft. I mean, Xbox we can probably name two or three main things but outside that it might be a bit more but Ubisoft we were kind of scratching our heads a bit I mean it's a bit unknown going into this month isn't it yeah I, I think it's a it's strange I mean obviously last year you know E3 would have originally been done the, the old-fashioned way but because of COVID things got cancelled and then companies kind of scrapped together to get things together like we, we had that um that uh xbox showing that looked like it was just shot in phil spencer's kitchen or something you know we, <laughs> it was a really weird e3 season um whereas i, I think 
the you know because of that that the knock-in effect was that the company started to do their own thing more often there'd, there'd be more regular showings we get these kind of showcases every couple months from different companies so i, I think what what's going to be different really about this one is i, I think the, the showings will be a lot more succinct you're not going to get too many drawn out kind of 90 minute 120 minute showings i think they'll be kind of like 20 min, 20 to 30 minutes for the most part mm. which is nice you know the, we don't want our time wasted our time is precious we don't want celebrities talking on stage awkwardly oh, about sure. games and stuff we, we just want to see the games so uh, i think that's a good thing in a way um but I mean, we're, we're probably not going to get as much of a blowout as we'll still obviously get the, the biggest blowout of the year gaming news wise. But we're not going to get as much of a blowout as we would have in, in previous years, because there's inevitably going to be more showcases and such later in the year. You know, I, I think companies feel less obliged to rush things out, which is probably a good thing in, in all honesty. Yeah, I think the Xbox one will probably be the longest and what? An hour, give or take. I I think they've confirmed that's ninety minutes, oh. but obviously it's an Xbox and Bethesda yeah. combined showcase, so. And that that'd be usually two hours, wouldn't it? If they did a separate one, so. And hopefully there's no abandoned crap from the Bethesda side this time. Um. So yeah. Um. Well, let's go through the schedule first. I mean, it starts on June fifth. Obviously, not the big hitters, but we'll we'll get through Indie Live Expo, which Kyle suffered through last year for this podcast. Uh, Guerrilla Collective Day and Black Voices in Gaming, which is obviously well, it's always, it's always been a huge topic, but we we've seen uh, in other industries like The Simpsons and stuff like that, and in other animation. Um, it should be an interesting uh watch all this and I June fifth anything you're gonna look for I mean I, you said you said before we start recording you probably won't watch it live but there'll be stuff there from the from all well all three of them really yeah I mean uh, I won't be sitting through the indie live expo again because I mean that's three hours oh, of a, a Japanese showing and then I I think it had um kind of on the side uh, and I think it was an English guy and a Japanese speaker who who also speaks English who was translating and they went through a hell of a lot of games and there were some kind of cool games there but you know it was a lot to get through and a lot of of kind of language you didn't understand to listen to so um I, I'm not sure I'll put myself through that one again but I'll certainly be checking out the the Gorilla Collective um again because I thought that was cool last year it obviously un- focuses on kind of independent studios and, and some smaller publishers and such and um, i'll check out black voices and gaming as well which seems to be like a kind of shorter showcase focus on on games that are being developed by um developers of color so that that's a pretty nifty idea might be some interesting kind of projects there so i'll be sure to to check that one out as well yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It'll be something. It'll be something happy from everyone will probably check out um, eventually. Um, June ninth, and this is when the week probably fully begins. Um, Battlefield reveal five pm. Uh, I presume this is UK time and Ireland. Yeah, so these are all uh, British summer time. Yeah. Time, not, not so none of this Pacific Pacific time. Xbox making me Google stuff. UK time. This is what Carl's here for. Uh, Battlefield. I mean, 
it's pretty much been teased for a while now. I'll bring it back up on the Xbox One. But it looks like it's going back to modern times, or well, that's certainly the rumour. Um, Battlefield 3, 4, and Bad Company, obviously, they're seemingly more popular than 1 and 5. I mean, you're happy with it going back to modern times? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, the last time, obviously, it was modern times was uh, Battlefield 4. I didn't really get around to playing that, but I did play a lot of Battlefield 3, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so, and I, I have since jumped into Battlefield 1 and Battlefield 5, so um, I'll certainly give this a try at some point, so I'll be intrigued to, to kind of see the reveal and, and see what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, and there's obviously rumours it might be going to Game Pass Day 1 as well, so I can bring that up on the uh, Xbox One. Uh, Summer Game Fest, uh, June 10th, 6pm. And that looks like it'll be a biggie without uh, pretty much Xbox. Did Ubisoft say they were going to be in it? Ubisoft are in it, but they'll probably save stuff for their own show, and as will Xbox. But there is there is some big hitters there that will go through in a minute. I mean, that's probably the big, big starting point, isn't it? Yeah, that that's that's um, it's the, the the first kind of where you're going to see the, the the kind of the the top publishers kind of showing their stuff off. Um, and you kind of might, it's the first place really where we can probably have a, have a bit of speculation on our part as to what we might see. Um, I mean, I like the surprise of things like the, the Indie Live Expo and the, the Gorilla Collective because there's new, there's kind of things you didn't expect, um, coming from studios you haven't even heard of yet. Um, but obviously when it comes to, to E3 and, and this kind of, the run up to E3 where you're speculating it's it's these kind of showcases that that you're here for because that's that's where we get to, to talk about the big boys. So the the summer game fest will be probably the first chance we get to, to see things from from the big players. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then on June eleventh we've got two. We've got Cock Prime Time Gaming Stream and IGN Game Expo. Um Cock Prime Time is um what do you call it? They're, they're the Embracer group, aren't they, that we always call THQ Nordic. I think that's them, isn't it? Yeah, they're part of um, the Embracer group, and they're the, the parent company of Deep Silver, and obviously then Deep Silver has some studios below it and also mm-hmm. publishes some games. Uh, THQ Nordic would be like a, a sister company mm-hmm. to them. Um, THQ Nordic actually um, hinted that they'll also be doing a showcase right, at okay. some point in the summer, so um, we'll we'll hopefully could be talking about them next week if, mm-hmm. if they announce that soon um but yeah we'll, we'll have we'll, we'll we'll look a little bit uh deeper at at, at Koch in a moment and then obviously you'd expect the ign game expo will be somewhat similar to the summer game fest in, the, in that you'll have kind of some um third parties that, that perhaps don't have their own showcases taking the, the chance on, on that stage mm-hmm. to, to show off some some new stuff Right, for, before we go, is it pronounced Koch or is it Cock? Are you just trying to uh, avoid saying I, I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> I've just gone for the Leeds player because he's called Robin Cock, so I've gone with that. <laughs> uh, either way, I'm either just saying Cock a lot or it's Koch. We'll go with either. Um, June 12th, Guerrilla Collective Day 2, Wholesome Direct, Ubisoft Forward and Devolver Digital. That's to be confirmed time-wise, but presume that's on that day. I mean, 
Guerrilla Collective, you've obviously well, obviously will obviously have day one by that point. Um, Ubisoft's obviously the big one, but Wholesome Direct, I'm not too familiar with. I watched that last year as well. It, it was very short. It's right. just like a, a little direct. It seems heavily influenced by Nintendo Directs in, in terms of how they approach it. And it's kind of just indie titles that have like a wholesome, you know, kind of family-friendly almost titles. Um, very cute. A lot of cutesy mm. kind of games. And, um, you know, there was, there was a couple. I know there was a, a farming game. I can't recall the name of it right now, but I remember seeing it at, at last year's one, and, and that looked pretty cool. So um, it's a very, I think it's only about 20 minutes long, so it's a very short showing. Yeah. Um, so you get, get, get a bit more of an indie fix there. Yeah, absolutely, and Ubisoft will go into more detail. Um, June thirteenth, Xbox and Bethesda game showcase at six p.m. UK time. Future game show and PC game show, uh, gaming show will be confirmed later on. But June thirteenth looks looks like the big one. Um, Xbox probably the meat of this show. Um, and then July twenty second, we've got a year play which. It's, it's, it's like a year away in pandemic time, so we'll do that another time. And then we've got Nintendo Square and THQ uh, Nordic, as you said earlier, to be confirmed. Um, and before we go into each individual event, just a couple of the confirmed participants that Carl's listed for us. Uh, Capcom Take 2, Warner Bros, Cock Media, Sega Bandai, Gearbox, Devious Eye Entertainment, Freedom Games, and Xseed slash Marvelous USA. Um, Summer Game Fest then, Carl. I mean, this is probably the, the curtain raiser, shall we speak? I mean, you've, you've obviously highlighted some of the big ones that are that are going to be there, but sh- shall we start with 2K and obviously straight into the WWE game that we want? <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, in terms of speculating what 2K could could uh, be showing off, we, we know that they're set to, to return to the WWE series this year after taking a year out after uh, the previous game. Disappointed a lot of people, um, you yourself included, Guy. Um so you'd assume that that's going to be uh, one of the, the things they show off. Um, and I'm trying to see, is there any confirmation on that as yet? Uh, it's confirmed to be coming out this year. So that, that there's strong possibility that could be, be shown off. I mean, you're the, the, the one who still delves into those games, guys. They're, they're anything in particular you want to see from this to, to kind of win you back around after the last one. I want a game that doesn't review four or three on IGN, <laughs> which is which is seemingly impossible. Seeing as, I mean, games I don't really enjoy. I've seen them get like eights and nines, but to get a three or four from IGN, it literally must be the worst thing ever made. So, I mean, even if it's a seven out of ten game, it'll do me. But considering they took a year break, I mean, and two K obviously they've had it probably about eight years now. I think it was like. 11 or 12 when the first got it. I might be wrong with that. Um, I'd just like to see it to somewhat of quality because it used to be a game that I got every year, but I think it was... Maybe in 2K18 or 19, you could just feel the drop in quality and it needs to go back up to... Even back to the Ukes uh, and uh, THQ days. It just needs to get to some some sort of level. Um, But, I mean, you, you've 
gladly done a two uh, a speculation bit of Bioshock from from two K. I mean, that'd probably be the game of the entire show if they do show a Bioshock, considering the quality of the first three. Yeah, so we know obviously they're working on a, a new Bioshock um, title, but we we don't know too much about it. There were some rumors this week that it it could be a PS5 exclusive or at least a timed exclusive. Stop doing um, that. <laughs> which which would be interesting, especially considering the first Bioshock was a timed exclusive for Xbox. Um, so there would be a, a move in the opposite direction for sure. Um, there was also some job listings in relation to it. Now I, I don't know whether that's to suggest that it's 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 still very early, or you know that these are just kind of additional bodies being brought on to help finish it out. I suppose time will tell on that one. But we really don't know much about this one, so it's, it is difficult to um to 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 um speculate on. We also Ken Levine, obviously the the mind behind the original. Um, Bioshock is working on a title that that uh, 2K will be uh, producing as well, um, but we don't know too much about that at all. Um, just obviously that it's um coming from his his new team, Ghost Story Games. So, um, that's another one potentially you could see. Um, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that before we see the the next bioshop to be honest because I, I gather that it's it's further along and um, but i'd just be happy to see one of one or the other you know i'm not going to be greedy and say i want to see both but see either bioshock <laughs> or ken levine's next game would would make me very happy i mean that that would po- quite possibly be my pick from from the entire e3 if if that's what we get yeah, I mean, a new Bioshock would be... Well, not if it's a fucking exclusive. Fuck you. <laughs> I hope it doesn't exist if it's an exclusive. Um, Activision, uh, Call of Duty, World War Two, Vanguard, we'll talk about that in a sec. Crash, Spyro, Tony Hawk. I mean, Activision's got a bazillion things that could show. But, I mean, COD's probably the main one because it's obviously it comes out every year. Um, It's usually shown at the PlayStation one, but we, we don't know when or if they're going to do another one this summer after the Horizon Zero Dawn one. Um, obviously, I think you've kind of fallen out of love with it, but to put my two cents on the COD one, the fact that it's apparently still World War Two. I mean, the last World War Two one, the campaign was good, but it wasn't special in terms of COD campaigns, and the multiplayer was pretty crap apart from prop hunt in my eyes. Modern Warfare isn't great, Cold War isn't great in terms of multiplayer. Obviously, Warzone's a different animal. Um, but yeah, be interesting. I think it'll get a lot of backlash if it's still World War Two. But there is also rumours that it might just be the single player for World War Two, and they're going to remaster Modern Warfare Two. I'm sure I've seen that rumour, or it might be both or whatever. If they remaster World uh, Modern Warfare Two, I will be a happy bunny because that's probably my. Ooh, probably first favourite. It's probably my favourite COD multiplayer. It was just more arcadey and more fun than, than the original. Obviously, that that's probably when you played COD as well. But what 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 would you what would you make of a Modern Warfare Two multiplayer remaster? 
It's interesting. I mean, I know obviously they they remastered Modern Warfare a while back, and then when they went to do Modern Warfare Two, they just remastered the campaign, which I I thought was an interesting move. I I wondered if maybe it was because with with Modern Warfare One they found that people didn't really play the multiplayer and, and people uh, stuck to, to playing the, the latest Call of Duty instead. Um, but maybe given how popular Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer was, it was it was probably the... the although, I mean, Modern Warfare, the first one, did quite well in terms of multiplayer. I think Modern Warfare 2 brought it to the next level in terms of popularity. So there, there, there is likely to be a, a demand there. So it doesn't surprise me. So it, it would be an, it, it'd be an interesting move to have kind of a campaign in one setting and a multiplayer mm. in another. But at the same time, it wouldn't completely surprise me. Um, given that, um, in terms of multiplayer, the modern setting games seem to be a lot more popular than the the World War Two games. So it might be the best of both worlds for the people who want like a World War Two story, but still want to have their their modern setting multiplayer. So I, I mean, it'd be a a, a a unique move. Um, so it'd be very interesting if that's the way they they decide to go. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think with Warzone as well, the multiplayer it's gonna it's literally not gonna be the the center focus. It's obviously how you integrate that multiplayer into Warzone. So I think that's probably where problems will stem from the Call of Duty franchise now. Anything else from Activision you're looking forward to? I mean, Crash is my bag, but anything you can think of? I mean, it's just a question of what we'll get. I mean, you know, we've talked about in this show, obviously, how people are so happy with Activision because of, uh, you know, the, the Crash and Spyro collections, Crash 4, and the remake of uh, Crash Team Racing, and then, of course, the, the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 remake. But since then, they've kind of moved some of the teams that worked on those games around. Uh, Vicarious Visions has been folded into Blizzard, and we'll be talking about Blizzard shortly. And Toys for Bob have been brought in to help work on the new Call of Duty title. So I think what people were were maybe speculating we might get next, they knew it wouldn't be Crash 5 quite yet, but you know pe- people were looking at maybe a, a Spyro 4 or a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 and 4 remake or potentially a, a new Crash Team Racing game. And I, I think yes. looking from the outside in now, the latter is more likely because Beanox, who obviously done the, the remake of Crash Team Racing, they're the one team that, that we haven't heard have been folded into another project. So they may, may well be working on that. And it, it would certainly be a, a no-brainer, really, for Activision, given the, the popularity there. And I, I know you would be a big fan of that move. Do Crash Team Racing, I'll be there. I finished, I finished uh, Crash Racing in first day. First day I finished that bitch. Now, if I do crash tag team racing, I'm here. I will finish that game quicker. Um, yeah, I love that game. I love that game. Um, we'll move on. Bandai. Uh, I mean, there's only one really to talk with, but Tales of Arise, that's probably one for you to talk about. Yeah, so we, we know Tales of Arise is coming later this year um, after kind of an I- initial delay. It's a, a Tales game that's coming from a relatively new team um, because the, the old team has, has kind of moved on. It looks like it's a departure for the series, but it, it looks really nice. I don't I don't think we, we haven't, we really haven't had a next-gen RPG yet. So 
Although uh, I know um, Scarlet Nexus is coming out later this month, so I suppose that will technically be the first one. Um, but but Tales of Rise is one I've had my eye on, and I'm I'm excited to to kind of play um, because I haven't I've kind of dodged the last few Tales games, I haven't gotten around to playing them. But this is one I'll be definitely jumping in kind of day one and and getting onto it because I really want to get my teeth into a, a next gen Japanese RPG. Yes. Um, Elden Ring. It's everyone who loves those type of games most looking forward to, most anticipated, if I use Christ, if I use my actual words, most anticipated game. We obviously saw it at Xboxes. Was it E3 last year or was it two years ago? I think it was two years ago now. Time is a bitch. (laughs) Uh, We saw Elden Ring sometime at Xboxes event. I mean, would they show it again on Xbox or do you think it'll be more in this one? Um, I think it's difficult to say really. We could possibly see both. You could see a short little trailer at uh, Summer Game Fest, which is often the case with Summer Game Fest they use. Because I, I think we'll, we'll see that. Um, while I, I think kind of a lot of the companies were, were talking about here in relation to Summer Game Fest are ones that I'm not sure will necessarily pop up on other stages so might um kind of have a a larger showing here at the same time there's a lot of of the the other ones that like for example ubisoft and xbox that are, are gonna give things over to summer game fest and they use that to kind of hype up their own events um so i, I think we could see something if we do see elden ring at at, at e3 it, it, we could see maybe a short trailer during the, the Summer Game Fest, and then see something a little more in-depth during Xbox's showcase. Yeah, I think so. I think if they just say it exists and it's coming out, even just a window, not even like, maybe even just a year when it's coming out, people, that'll do the excitement. Obviously, you you uh, tag uh, what's it, J.R.R. Uh, J. Martin onto anything, and obviously from software, and it, it, it's just... It's just money, isn't it? <laughs> um, Blizzard, Overwatch 2, I mean, for me, obviously, they, I think they, when was it? Was it a couple of weeks ago? They released a few more details on it. But to see how the actual PvP and, and PvE work, I mean, we've seen demos of the PvE, but if we get a more detailed and, and, and released it um, for it, it'd be great. Um... Diablo 2 remake and Diablo 4, more, probably more your bag, but they're obviously, they're probably three of Blizzard's biggest things apart from World of Warcraft, obviously. Yeah, so, I mean, we mentioned Vicarious Visions earlier. They, they've been folded into Blizzard to work on the Diablo 2 remake that had been in a bit of development hell. And a lot of people say that Diablo 2 is the best Diablo. I did, I have played it, but I never finished it. Um, so I'd be really excited to get into this and, and finally have the chance to, to complete it. And then obviously Diablo 4 is, is going to be a brand new game in the series. Um, I, I'd imagine Diablo 4 is more likely than Diablo 2 remake, given that the struggles that Diablo 2 remake has, has been under, even though that was initially supposed to be coming first. Um, so I'd, I'd, I'd probably have my expectations that we'll see Overwatch 2 and, and Diablo 4 at, in some form over the summer. Might not both necessarily be at this um, Summer Games Fest, but I, I do think we'll see both eventually. Yeah, I think, as you said, Diablo 2's 
did did they restart the whole process of it, or did Vicarious just come in and build off what was already there? No, I, 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 I gather they were going to be building off what was already there, um, but it's a question of how much was already there. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Capcom, um, Resident Evil 4 remake, obviously these are just printing money, and we saw um, Village was a huge hit. I mean, there's numerous streamers playing that, and it, it's produced meme after meme on on uh, on Twitter and TikTok. It's huge and stuff like that. It, keeping the Resident Evil... Um, Christ, I don't even know what to go. Train going. It, it's, it just seems to be bigger than it ever was, considering the success of Resident Evil in the early 2000s. It seems to be bigger than it ever was now. Yeah, I mean, the, the series... And obviously it was it was really big kind of back in the the PlayStation One era and and a little bit into the the PS Two slash GameCube era, but it it's really blown up. Uh, I think it kind of it's almost been a renaissance of um, Resident Evil. I mean, like Resident Evil Five sold really well, but it wasn't that well received by fans, and and Six was a little bit of a shit show. But I think with Seven kind of reinventing the series and at the same time with them going back and kind of um, firstly porting the Resident Evil 1 GameCube remake and Resident Evil 0 to PS4 and then remaking Resident Evil 2 and since Resident Evil 3 I think it's a cool kind of double approach they have you know where one year you'll get a new game the next year you'll get a remake and it seems they're going to continue that for a while um resident evil 4 remake is slotted i think for 2022 um based on that leak <laughs> remember the capcom leak and it also seems they have a couple new resident evil games in the pipeline and i know a lot of people want a resident evil code veronica remake as well and i certainly wouldn't rule that out um, given how popular they are at the moment so I, I I think this is the obviously there's a lot of things Capcom could potentially show us but I think that that uh, Resident Evil 4 remake is, is the most likely yeah absolutely absolutely and it falls one of the pipe is that the highest four of one I think that everyone mentions four when you. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's the most popular of of the series. Yeah, so it'll probably be huge news. Gearbox, I mean, we talked about Borderlands three in the news. Um, DLC, I mean, again, it's a it's an oldish game, but Borderlands games do seem to keep somewhat of an audience for quite a long time. So adding more DLC, they seem to do add it quite consistently as well. It's uh, in, impressive how they support that game. Yeah, I mean it's. Borderlands is a, is a cult classic, really, and well, I mean that that probably undersells it. I mean, a lot lot more than a cult are playing it, but it, it's a popular game, and and people who play it play it for a long time. And for that reason, I mean, we've seen with Borderlands too. There were a lot of DLCs released, and even then, they they released obviously one just shortly before Borderlands Three came out to tie the two games together. So I I think it's a safe bet that some form of DLC for Borderlands 3 will, will be revealed. I, I, unless it's something new they're working on, which would be really exciting, but my expectation is that it, it will be DLC for Borderlands. Yeah, Borderlands 4 will probably be a little while away. Well, maybe they want to... Depends when the movie comes out. They might want to do one side-by-side side with that, I suppose. Uh, PlayStation uh, Horizon, we mentioned God of War Ragnarok. Hmm... I can't see that 
I think that'd get its own show, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I think given PlayStation, like I do think play, PlayStation, you know, aren't officially taking part in E3, but I'm sure they'll do their own thing later on in the summer. Um, and I, I think for something like God of War, it's more likely going to be then. Um, you know, it might, might just get an individual state of play or something. Um, I think maybe something further on Horizon Forbidden West, fingers crossed, the release date. Um, could be what we see, or, or potentially something for Gran Turismo, given the, the popularity of that series and that we're likely to see it early next year. Um, it, it might be time to, to, to roll that one out. Um, but it'll be interesting to see kind of what level of presence PlayStation have at, at Summer Game Fest. Yeah, it'll be interesting, because they're obviously there for a reason, but maybe it is just Horizon, because they did mention, uh, I think they mentioned it on Twitter afterwards, they were they would show more, but Mm. you'd probably think if they would do a release date or something, it would be on their own thing. Um, Sega, it seems very heavy on your ear, Cal. <laughs> Shin, Shin Megami Tensei 5 and Persona 5. Um, Persona I've obviously heard of, it's not a PlayStation uh, exclusive or is it on Nintendo? Or PC? Um, yeah, so Persona at the moment, um, the, the mainline games are exclusive to, to PlayStation. I think Sony had a deal in, in place for Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royale. But there is strong rumors that um, Persona 5 is going to be announced for Xbox. Although, you'd say that's more likely going to be at Microsoft, but they might do a little kind of teaser trailer at this and then kind of talk about it a bit more at Microsoft's um, stage. Similarly, Shin Megami Tensei 5 is set to be a Switch exclusive, and we haven't heard about it for a while, so I'd, I'd be expecting that to make an appearance um, during Nintendo's Direct, which obviously we'll, we'll likely be talking about next week. Um, I, I didn't even think when I was playing these notes, obviously Sega did a bit of a blowout on Sonic recently. Uh, they revealed that Sonic Colors is getting ported to um, PlayStation 4, and I think Xbox One, that there's a new Sonic game coming next year and that there's kind of a Sonic collection coming at a point in the near future. So we probably might see a bit more on one of those Sonic projects um, as well. Um, so I'd say that's more likely than than the Atlas things because Atlas wasn't actually listed um, for um, this, this Summer Games Fest. Um, I just obviously with Atlas and Sega being the same company, that was all I could think of. But, you know, you you think on your feet and I recall the Sonic stuff. So I'd say more likely it's going to be some a Sonic related title that we see at Summer Game Fest. But I do think that, that uh, we will see those other two games at their respective platform holder showings. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, probably the biggest one, because I think, it was last year, or maybe even the year before, they were going to do their own show. It's Warner Brothers. And they've obviously got a lot to show, and they kind of just ended up doing, um, adding ga- more gaming stuff to their DC fandom week, didn't they? Um, but we've got quite a lot. I mean, Hogwarts Legacy, Gotham Knights, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Um, I think Gotham Knights is, is the one... Is that this? Did that get put back to next year or is it this year? Next year. Yeah, it was originally going to be this year. And I think Suicide Squad was going to be next year. But I 
at the moment they're both slated for 2022, but maybe a Suicide Squad could be be pushed back further. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we've been only talking about Warner Bros. recently because of the talk that they're going to be split up. Um, following the acquisition of their or the merger of their parent company, um, in into a new streaming service, so we could see some of these studios moved about. But uh, these are obviously the three big titles that they have. Um, in the near future, obviously Hogwarts Legacy will, is first up. Um, I think it's slated for later this year, unless that also got moved. Um, but I, I, I'm not sure we'll see all three of these games, particularly at this one showing. And I, I have my doubts particularly about uh, Suicide Squad, but I'd be confident that we'll... Oh no, it's 2022 as well for Hogwarts Legacy, so... I'd be confident that we'll see one of either Hogwarts Legacy or Gotham Knights. I mean, did did do you have a prediction on which one you think is more likely and which one you prefer? I mean, I'd, I'd rather see Suicide Squad, but um, Hogwarts seems to be in a bit more development hell, so I'd probably rather see Gotham Knights. And I mean, the gameplay they showed at DC last year was quite encouraging to me, so I'd probably rather see more of that. I mean, when I'm sure they're doing DC Fandom again, aren't they? When did DC... DC Fandom 2021. Good radio. Uh... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When is it? Come on. That is in October. By that. So we might see little bits and then probably more of these games in, in, in October. So, yeah, I mean, I'd probably rather see Gotham Knights because that seems to be the one... I mean, if it was meant for this year, I know Harry Potter was as well, I think. Um, but Gotham, Gotham was meant to be out early this year, wasn't it? So that would probably be further ahead in its development. So I'd probably rather see that, to be honest. Um, and it's probably more my bag, even though I do really want to play the Harry Potter game. Um, yeah, I mean, which one would you rather see? 
Probably Harry Potter. Um, well, you know, Hogwarts Legacy to, to be exact. As much as, as I'm the same as you, Gotham Knights is probably more in my wheelhouse. Um, I, I kind of know what I'm going to get from that. Yeah, you know, it's going to sure. be another Arkham type game. Um, and that's fine. That's not a bad thing. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not at all worried about that. I just want to play it when it comes out. But I am really intrigued by the, the, the Hogwarts Legacy. Um, and I know my girlfriend wants to, to kind of uh, watch me play it when it does come out. So um, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. It's kind of a cool idea that you get to be like a student at Hogwarts. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing how it plays. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think... Thing is, I think when you say DC fandom, obviously that's where Batman is. So maybe Hogwarts is the better place for this, and you can save Batman for that, and then solidify your release date and stuff like that. But we'll move on. I mean, actually, before we move on, um, anything else from the others that are there? I mean, nothing jumps out at me. Um, no, not. I mean, um. Amazon games are showing off their um New World what they're thing. working on. I know, yeah, that the uh their MMO is much hyped. Uh, one of my friends I play Final Fantasy fourteen where keeps threatening that he's gonna jump over there when that comes <laughs> out. So I'll be interested to see more from that. Um outside of that I, I think it'll it's it's more so smaller kind of um companies or um companies that have their own showings anyway so they'll just likely be teasing things um yeah so i i, I think that i think we, we pretty much covered the bit the big ones there yeah let's let's move on to here we go again cock prime time gaming stream um I mean, this one, it's kind of another... Not, I mean, there's a few things that I mean, you Again, you've done the work, thank, thank Christ. Metro um, developers foray, foray games. I mean, when was Metro three years ago? Yeah, so Me- Metro Exodus, the um, version for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X is supposed to come out this summer. Right. Okay. Um and they do have two DLCs in the work, uh Sam Story and the two kernels. So I'd assume it's a safe bet that that will be shown uh during this this showing. Um and I, I you know maybe we'll get a tease for for Metro 4. Um I wouldn't rule it out given the time frames, but I, I think that the main focus will will likely be the the two DLCs. Yeah, I always meant to play that because it looked fantastic when it got re- revealed on Xbox E3 200 years ago, and I just never got around to it. It was in Game Pass and stuff. I mean, maybe one I can jump in later date. Oh, well, probably perfect time with the uh, with the upgrade. Um, home uh, Deep Silver Dam Buster Studios, known for Homefront, and well, this is probably it. Dead Island Two does. Does this game still exist, Carl? That's probably the main I, question here. Uh, apparently it does. They they claim it still does. But, I mean, th- this is like the definition of developmental hell. I mean, th- this is something to um, rival The Last Guardian and Final Fantasy fifteen. Although both of those games did eventually come out. And Kingdom Hearts 3 as well. So, you know, maybe we, we can... That Dead Island 2 has that going for it. That somehow these games find their way out 
But um, I mean, it is a, a concern, and and you wouldn't be surprised for them to turn around and uh, announce that it's 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 done, that it's dead, and they've moved on to to another project. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, it probably have to be crap by the time it comes out. Order. Uh, Deep Silver Fish Labs, known for Galaxy on Fire and Chorus, uh, and possibly showing Chorus. Apologies. Um, uh, do you want to fill me in with this one? It's two you, two games I'm not too familiar with, which I've probably seen. But I'm like yeah, opposite. I, I had to I had to Google Chorus to remind myself of what it was. Do you remember? It's kind of a, a space shooter. It looks kind of creepy. Like the the main character, like the female, looks like she has kind of like Chorus. almost black blood rolling down her face. Oh. I think it might have been during um. Xbox was showcased last year was where we first seen it, I believe. Um, I yeah, so I, I did. That's another one I'd be pretty confident is going to show up. You know, while while Dead Island Two is certainly a stab in the dark, I think that the Metro um, DLC and and Chorus are pretty much nailed on for for this showcase. Um, so I'd be interested in in seeing more of of Chorus and what it's all about. I remember this game. <laughs> well, I remember her face. I don't remember the game, but yeah, I remember. It is pretty striking. Yeah, that's just a good face. Good face. Uh, Volition Games, known for Saints Row and Red Faction, Summoner uh, and Summoner. I mean, the the big question is it, it's Saints Row. I mean, for me, I loved the. Well, I enjoyed the first three. The Saints Row, the third was probably one of, one of the funner ones or probably the best one in my opinion because it kind of had the perfect balance of being mental but not too mental and kind of stepped out away from just being a GTA clone and then um, got in hell I think it was called and four I didn't even play four but that was too mental and would you like a reboot a, a, another sequel I mean what what, what would you like and what's your relationship with Saints Row I love Centro. I've I've yes. completed all of them. Um, I've even picked up kind of the remasters, although oh, I haven't yeah. gotten around to those as yet. So I'm a big Centro fan. Um, it, it's a hundred percent confirmed that Volition are working on a new Centro title, but we don't know what it is. We we don't know if it's going to be a direct follow-on, or you know, it could be some form of a reboot, as you say. Um, again, it's another thing I'd be pretty confident we're going to see. Um, at this because you know let's be honest um, they have to justify having a showcase and I'm not sure Metro DLC and Chorus quite do that you could mm. just show them somewhere else so I, I think Saint Row 5 would be a, a, a big kind of blowout there and that, that would, would justify the showcase so I'm, I'm pretty confident that we're going to see Saint Row 5 um, because I think Volition are probably that like you know that's no not a slide on the other teams or particularly I know four A games I know Metro is is pretty popular but I think Volition is, is probably the most notable studio that that um caught on or that red deep under the deep silver banner um obviously most recently we talked about how they've they've uh, launched a new free radical studio and, and we're really excited about time splitters but i didn't include yes. them in the notes here because i don't think we're gonna see time splitters soon the, the most we get 
would be a logo and maybe an interview with the, the two yes. studio heads. And do we really want that? I'm not, I'm not sure we do. I do. I want a lo- I want. I want Metroid without my fucking mind. Figures. <laughs> uh, yeah. So would be great. Sorry. Uh, no, I think uh, without without uh, time splitters, I think Saint Row is 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 the big thing for Deep Silver. So I think we'll certainly see some some new Saint Row game here. And beyond Volition, then the only other real studio um, of note that they own is Warhorse Studios, obviously mm. the studio behind Kingdom Come Deliverance. Could we possibly see a Kingdom Come Deliverance too? Could we see a new RPG from them? It's been long enough since Kingdom Come Deliverance, so I do expect they have something new. Whether we'll see it quite yet, who knows, but I think we certainly could. Um, Outside that, though, obviously, Deep Server do publish a lot of games from independent developers, and there's particular independent developers that they have relationships with, like they publish the Chivalry series and, and different things like that. So yeah. I'd fully expect a, a few independent games that they're publishing sh- to pop up here as well. Coming, isn't there, I think. Yeah, so I'd, I'd say there's strong strong possibility yeah. we'll see that as well. Yeah, I, I mean, Kingdom Come, I mean, I did play that. I didn't finish it, but I did enjoy it. I, I even played the one where it was impossible to play on console because <laughs> the lockpick system was designed for a PC. It was near impossible on console. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it too, or even a next-gen version or something like that. It'd be be something I'd, um, I'd play, especially if it's a free upgrade. I have been meaning to go back to that because I'd never really played it with the improvements, but yeah. Um, let's move on to Ubisoft, and we'll try and do this one a bit quicker because there's a lot of unknown. I mean, what 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 do we know? I mean, from Ubisoft, I mean, let's not call Skull and Bones and Beyond Good and Evil because them games hardly exist anymore. Is is there anything you're just full on a hundred percent expecting here? Yeah, so there's a, a few things. Firstly, obviously, Red Storm Entertainment, who, you know, obviously created the original Rainbow Six, went on to work on a lot of Ra- uh, Tom Clancy's titles, most recently assisted on The Division and The Division 2. We know they're leading The Division Heartland, which is the next Division title, which is a, seems to be a completely multiplayer-focused title. Um, so I, I think it's pretty nailed on. We're going to see more from that. Um, I kind of dipped out of the division after the first one, but I know you dabbled mm-hmm. with the the second one. So, will it, do, do, I know you were saying before the show you think your mates will probably drag you in on this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they they hundred percent will. I think again, it's it's something we always bring up with these games of this genre that it, it's just it's not destiny. But I think the division has some unique features, and if they build on, I can't remember the name of the game mode. It was Division One. And they pretty much turned it into a more of a survival game, but you kind of queued up for it, and it was like a its own instance type of thing. I can't remember what it was bloody called. Um, if the build off that, and from the little bits and bobs I've seen of Heartland, if it's more open worldy and is survival gameish, I I could see it being a, a, a maybe not a great success in terms of matching a what's the biggest survival game? Ark. Does Ark even have yeah, numbers? Yeah, that's a it's fair. Yeah, fair um, sure. Rust, probably, obviously. Um, but maybe it doesn't even... It's probably not even looking for, for them. It's probably trying to get people over from the Division fan base into that. And if you build off that, it, it looks very promising from what I've seen. Because most survival games do look 
craft. <laughs> they're, all, they're all built in really old engines and they look pretty crap. So if you can get a really good survival game that looks like The Division and runs like The Division because the combat system's fun and the cover system's good, I, I, I think it'll work. I, I, I think that'd work and it's, it's an interesting way to go for them because if you just did The Division 3, you just go, I'll just go on Destiny. So doing something interesting, it, it hopefully works out for them. Um, I mean, one that I'm expecting, Carl, is Rainbow Six Not Quarantine because they changed the name because of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, certainly an unfortunate uh, title given the events of the past um, eighteen months. Let's say. <laughs> uh, I mean, we have no idea what it's called. We have no idea what it'll be. I think it. It's meant to be more PvE type thing because Siege did have a couple of events on where it was half zombie, half alien infection type thing. So I'm guessing they're going to build off that and probably do more of a story type thing. Um, there's not really much to we can say. I mean, Siege is excellent. So if you had a story or a PvE game around that, it should work, I suppose. Yeah, so I mean, it's not the it's a new team at Ubisoft Montreal that are, are leading on this uh, the the title formerly known as Rainbow Six Quarantine, um. So it's not the the same team as as the one behind Siege, um. But it was interesting with Siege because previously Rainbow Six games could could there was almost three games in one. You know, you had your multiplayer, you had your terrorist hunts, which was kind of PVE, yes, and then you had your story. Whereas obviously the Siege took it out that it was just focused on the multiplayer and um, whereas quarantine or whatever it's going to be called now will we'll focus on more the the pve as you said so it's an interesting approach kind of to, to do almost small uh, i say smaller in one way but obviously rainbow six siege is far from a small title i mean it's massive i mean they've been supporting it for years and they continue to support it with so much content on there but in, in terms of their scope like it's it's for they're more focused titles let's say um, I know some footage really um, leaked from this game a few months ago, and and they came out and and said like it was very early footage, and you know they'll they'll talk about it more when it, they're ready. So I'd I'd be pretty confident that we're gonna see see that um, alongside Ubisoft Montreal's other title, Roller Champions. But we neither of us have much at all to 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 input on that one. Who doesn't want to roll a derby game? Um, Assassin's Creed is always there with Ubisoft. Now, do you think it'll be a new Assassin's Creed, or do you think they'll finally show more of the uh, Valhalla DLC? I don't think they've shown anything. They're meant to be going to Paris and Ireland and, and so on. I mean, or possibly both? Yeah, so obviously um, it, it was... Um... Ubisoft um, Montreal um, that worked on the actually I, I could be getting mixed up here but I, I believe it was Montreal that worked on Valhalla um, so next in turn would be Quebec um, I'm double checking that now so that I don't have it backwards um, yeah so 
Montreal developed Valhalla. So, um, as we said, they have two teams now working on Roller Champions and um, a new team working on Rainbow Six uh, Quarantine. So, it will the next Assassin's Creed. You can be pretty confident that's coming from Quebec. Um, Quebec's latest game obviously was Immortals Phoenix Rising which only came out last year and they have released a couple DLCs for that so I'm not I'd, I'd be in, it'll be interesting to see now whether they'll be quite ready to announce the, the next Assassin's Creed yet so we, we might not see Quebec at all they might just go quiet for a year and then resurface next year to announce the, the next Assassin's Creed and I think there's been some rumours that their next Assassin's Creed might be based in Rome seems kind of the no brainer uh, given that they've kind of um, settled Great. in on those that kind of Greco-Roman culture of late um, so it'll be interesting to see that but you couldn't completely rule them out kind of at least teasing it at this point but I'd probably prefer they just wait till they have more to show I mean I like the way a lot of companies are are doing that these days rather than revealing something three or four years out yeah I suppose they could maybe give the name and setting and say next year we'll show more so that's probably when it's due I don't think especially in pandemic times you don't want to rush it out um so yeah, maybe next year. Um, Far Cry Six. We obviously saw a gameplay, so maybe a little bit on that. Probably not too much. Um, Star Wars too soon. You'd assume. Yeah, I think I think Star Wars. They they've kind of set that expectation that that's further field, and obviously, Massive Entertainment, who are the developer working on said Star Wars project, have another game in the pipeline first, which is Avatar, which is the the tie in to the uh, James Cameron movies. And um, so I, I'm I'm pretty confident we'll see that. We haven't seen it in a long time. Um, I'm not even sure we ever particularly seen gameplay but it's been a while since we've even really heard much about it and I, I think it's due out next year so I'd be pretty confident that'll be one of the, the things shown at, at uh, Ubisoft Showcase That's interesting, I mean Avatar feels so long ago when it was relevant but with the 200 sequels that are meant to be coming up two years I think um, it, it should be interesting um, The crew who's asked um, South. Now that this is, if there's a South Park game, this is a successful show. Yeah, that, that was more wishful thinking for me. You know, it's been a while since Ubisoft San Francisco released uh, South Park. Um, the 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 um, not a stick of truth. Uh, the fractured but whole. Um, so I'd love a follow up. There's long been rumors that that um, you know, that that both sides, both um, you know, um, Matt and and Trey. And um, Ubisoft were keen to get another title in the work. So mm. I think we will see one eventually. Um, but it's probably wishful thinking on my part that <laughs> we'll see it uh, this, this summer. But fingers crossed, it would be one of those games that would make E3 season for me if they, they reveal another South Park. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I love, I love the, the first two of them. Um now more wishful thinking time. Skull and Bones and Beyond Good and Evil 2. I think there was a report that Skull and Bones has basically restarted again a couple of weeks ago. I'm pretty sure I saw that. So I think there's a 99% chance that's not going to be there. But it it exists, so there's hope. <laughs> but I don't think it'll be here. 
Yeah, I know they, they drafted a couple of their other teams. I know one of their German-based teams, I believe, was drafted in to help, and, and another team. So I think there's there's multiple teams working on that game right now. I mean, I'd be hopeful we'll see something of it. I, I'd be, I mean, I'd be concerned it's gone completely if we don't hear about it this year, because we didn't hear about it last year. So I, I'm hopeful on that one, and obviously it's a game that I'm I'm personally invested in. We've we've talked, the two of us have talked about it a lot here, probably too much given how little we've we've seen of it. Um, Beyond Good and Evil Two again for the people who want it, I really hope it it resurfaces. But that game has always seemed like a bit of a a mess to me. Um, looking from the the outside in, um, so. Hopefully, again, fingers crossed for the for the fans of that of the original game. But uh, I'd be, I wouldn't have high hopes for that. Yeah, um, Beyond Good and Evil. Uh, D- dare we? Dare we say it, guy? Dare we talk about no. uh, a, a certain stealth game? Oh, that's a good point. D- does Splinter Cell exist anymore? According to the Italian voice actor, it does. But I mean, <laughs> according to the rest of the world, I'm, I'm, I'd say they're a bit more skeptical. I mean, it, it's been so long, and there's been so many times where we're seeing Sam Fisher pop up in all these mobile titles and the like, and we're just not getting Splinter Cell. And it, it's such a travesty because the last Splinter Cell for me uh, was the best Splinter Cell. Um, so it's a shame that the series seems to have gone on hiatus ever since then. I mean, it, it's another one along along with South Park. It'd be the game I'd want to see from Ubisoft, but I'm not so convinced. I, I think it's at this point, I need to see this game to believe it exists. I, I'm not going to buy into any more reports or rumors anymore because we've just been disappointed too many times. Yeah, I'm about... <laughs> It will come out at some point, and it'll be a solid 7 out of 10 game. <laughs> That's the thing. When these games tend to go through this hellish development, it's never really worth it. Um, but we'll move on to Xbox, and we've already gone over time. I know you you have somewhat of a time, so we'll do Xbox somewhat quickly. Xbox, I mean, let's not go for each developer, because there's 150 billion of them. But let, let's start off with what we expect and pretty much what we know will be there i mean halo infinite i mean do you really want to touch on that because we've seen it it was meant to be out already it's pretty much just getting a new lick of paint that's pretty much it yeah i, I mean I, i'm i think it's 100 percent sure we will see halo infinite yeah, and i i want to see it and I, I just want to see it look as you said i, I want to see that not new like, of paint because not like a 360 game <laughs> the last exactly the last song was so underwhelming so disappointing but i think they've kind of brought the, the right people in to help with that and i'm pretty confident that it'll, it'll blow us away when we we see it and i think it'll be the first kind of big step into next mm-hmm. gen for, for the Xbox platform. But as I said, we've talked about it so much. I think we talked about it at length last year and I, I think everyone's sick to death of hearing about it. They just want to see it and they just more importantly want to play it. And yeah. um, so hopefully we, we will get a good showing of it um, during their showcase. Yeah. I mean, we've already seen gameplay. We've always seen that gameplay mission. Hopefully it looks the part this time as well. Cause the gameplay did look all right. It just looked, two generations old um but the only other thing interesting maybe the show off a halo battle royale game which has been long rumored and 
games like that, they do have to develop in a battle royale game. Is how you get streamers involved, it's how you get people involved, it's how you get money. Um, the other big one that is very much expected is Starfield from obviously Bethesda Game Studios, and obviously it's now known that it's probably going to be an exclusive to Xbox and PC or any platform with um, Game Pass. I think that was the words of uh, of uh, Phil Spencer a couple of months ago. Now, Starfield, I mean, there's so many questions, because we obviously know, it's obviously a million years away, but we know what Elder Scrolls will be. Starfield, we have no idea what it'll be, because it's their first new IP in, like, 20-odd years, isn't it? Um, so, Starfield, I mean, pro- probably not this year, but next year, you'd, you'd expect? Yeah, it's, it's rumoured for to launch next fall. Um, and usually, I, I think obviously with, for example, with like Fallout 4 in the past, like they, they revealed it at E3 and then it launched that that year. And I think in an ideal world, they'd probably prefer to do that. But I think given the, the kind of Microsoft purchase of Bethesda, they need a big game kind of to, to blow out a, a showing on. And I think Starfield is the no-brainer choice because it's going to be a while before you get another Doom. We might see some kind of Doom Eternal DLC, but that'll be about it. Um, you know, we, we know some of their other games on the Bethesda side, Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo are coming, but they're both timed exclusives for Sony. So I doubt they'll even get really much of a showing, if any showing at this showcase. So I think when you think about it, I, I think Starfield is, is the no-brainer um, for them to, to focus on um, from a, a Bethesda point of view. Um, I, I think I think we're going to see very little from Bethesda, all said. Um, mm. I, I don't know what your, your own expectations are, but as I said, I, I, Starfield, yes. Um, but I doubt we're going to see any Elder Scrolls 6 as yet. If it are there, it'll probably just be Doom Eternal DLC, unless they come and surprise people with like a new Quake title, um, which wouldn't be against uh, out of the realms of possibility. But I, I have my doubts for now. Um, obviously, as we said, I'd say Arcane and Tango will probably be largely ignored because their titles are PlayStation exclusives. Mm. Although Arcane do have two studios, so could we possibly see a follow-up to Prey? Um, I, I wouldn't would rule that out, but at the same time, I'd question whether maybe Prey is getting passed over to Roundhouse Studios, mm. which is a new studio that was set up um, from the remains of Human Head Studios, who actually developed the original Prey. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see that the Prey IP worked on by them, but and and that would be one I would be expecting to see whatever Roundhouse are working on. So it could well be Prey too, but I, I think. Outside that, maybe Machine Games. I think it's probably too early for Indiana Jones, but maybe Wolfenstein 3 could finally get a reveal. Yeah, I mean, it's long been rumoured. Yeah, so I think I think if I was making predictions for Bethesda, I'd probably go Starfield, Prey 2, and Wolfenstein 3. Uh, any others that you, you could potentially see? Uh, when I was doing... I say prep, I was just watching stuff on YouTube I usually watch. Um, Arcane are meant to be working on I think it's meant to be va- something vampire-ish. Like it's Project Something, um, one of them code names. I think it's, people uh, assume it'll be more like a double-A game than a triple-A game because it had a bit shorter turnover. Um, so I think Arcane might show something, but not something huge. Um, 
There is another project game that's in the Xbox thing. and I, No, I should have done this before, but <laughs> there's a, a meant to be something else that's kind of hidden. I think there's one Project Omega and Project Dragon or something like that. Um, so do your Googling afterwards, which is great for a E3 preview podcast to say. But yeah, I think there'll be something from Arcane, but not something huge. But yeah, Starfield will be the main one. Wolfenstein 3 is an easy sell. I mean, could you... No, Indiana Jones probably too early. But I'd be the, that'd probably be the second biggest one you could show. Um... Aren't Xenomax rumoured to be working on something else other than Elder Scrolls? I do recall hearing something, um, but I, I can't recall yeah. what that was. Be interesting, um, either way. You've come here when you mentioned those projects. Um, it reminded me um, of... I know that a studio, and I just can't... It's, it's an independent studio. It's not... Um, it's not a um, yeah. I think I think it is Project Dragon, but I'm trying to think of who the studio is. I know they're not a um, an Xbox studio. Um, um, who is it? Io. Oh, oh, Io. Exactly. Have we talked about it and everything? Yes. Uh, it's, oh, it's that's back Project to me now. Dragon. Yeah. So we, ah, we may well see. see it's in there. I just don't know how to put it into words. <laughs> yeah. That had totally slipped my mind when I was preparing the notes here. So that, that may be something we will see. We know obviously I are working on James Bond as well, but I'm sure they have separate teams working on yeah. these two separate products. So that could certainly be something we see. I mean, by, moving back from Bethesda to the Xbox side of things, I, I think what else is... is a, be pretty confident on is obviously Hellblade 2 mm-hmm. from Ninja Theory. It's been a while since we saw that. I'd like gameplay um, though. Yeah, no, it, it certainly would be nice because it, it has been a while and I mean that that seems to be one of the, the, the more media projects. Obsidian and entertainment wise, I doubt we see Avowed again because I think that's kind of far off, but Obsidian have a lot of projects on the go. I know they have another two unannounced mm-hmm. projects so I think we could possibly see one of those. Outworlds I, too. I think it's too early for that, given that we know they're working on Avowed, we know they're grounded. supporting Grounded, yeah. and we know they have two other projects in the works. So I think they'd be kind of stretching themselves too thin to have a fifth project on the go. Um, but I do think we'll eventually see that. I think, although we don't know what they're working on, I think Compulsion Games' new next title yeah, will be there, be whether it's yeah. a follow-up to we happy few or not i do not know and i think as well in exiles next project will quite possibly mm-hmm. be be revealed as well i think um, we'll get forza horizon i can't remember what number it is i think it's five i think it's meant to be set in mexico i think that might be this this year's with halo so i think we'll get halo and forza horizon number i think that's what yeah. xbox will release yeah, no, I, I think I think um, I, I've heard that as well that there is a new Forza Horizon on the way. Um, obviously, Playground Games create the Forza Horizon series, and they're also working on Fable. I think it might be time that we finally get a, a notable showing of Fable, not just a, a teaser trailer. Um, so I, I'd be. What, what do you think? Do you think we'll see Fable, or do you think it's still too soon? I think it's too soon because most rumors seem to be that it's twenty twenty three. 
I think what we might see and is Everwild a bit more? That yeah, wasn't I'd, I'd at, be pretty confident yeah, on that. That wasn't at the last showcase thing, was it? So I'm guessing they just kind of take turns not being there. So hopefully Hellblade and Everwild are kind of connected and then Avowed and uh, Fable are connected. Yeah, no, I'd, 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 I'd agree there. I think it, it might be time for, for uh, Everwild because it feels like that's not that far away. Um, whereas Avowed certainly feels far away and, and Fable, well, probably sooner than Avowed because it's been worked on for so long. Um, I, 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 you, you may be right that it, this year may come too soon. And it, it might be the case that obviously Playground will get out the new Forza Horizon and then double down on Fable, kind of bring people across in the Forza Horizon team to help get Fable finished. So it might be a lot further along by by this time next year. Um, speaking of Forza, though, um, obviously the next actual Forza Motorsport title um, is supposed to be coming out in in twenty twenty two. Do you do you think we'll see anything from that, or do you think because Forza Horizon is is probably more imminent that they'll focus on that and and leave Forza Motorsport to next year? Yeah, I think. <laughs> We've seen Xbox shows be dominated by Forza in the past, so I don't think you need both. I think next year, it, it, that I think that was rumored to be one of the ones that's the first exclusive next gen, isn't it? And I think they said first eighteen months. So I think that'll be next year stuff. I think. Yeah, quite possibly. We've never really had a year where you'd see both Forza yeah, titles exactly. one showing. It'd, it'd be strange for them to to move away from that. Um. The, the only other thing I can really think of in terms of their actual uh, studios would be um, Undead Labs, of course, with State of Decay 3. Yeah. I, I think that's another one that's pretty nailed on. Yeah, I think that'll be it. We've only seen the cinematic trailer, haven't we? And State of Decay 1 and 2, they obviously had their rocky launches. Um, so maybe 3 is where you, you finally got the full Microsoft back in your in-house and you can kind of perfect the formula, which is obviously a very promising formula, but they have not bed the fruit everyone wanted so yeah i think maybe not gameplay but maybe a bit more about it maybe it's never good but maybe more developer stuff and how they're building on two and one and two and stuff like that but yeah i think it'll be there i don't think they'll be i could see that maybe at like a summer release or a spring release in 22 yeah, that that seems a, a fair kind of estimate for a game of its level. It's not quite your triple A yeah, exactly. title. It's, it's maybe like double A and a half type thing. Yeah. So that that could well be it. I mean, a couple of studios we didn't mention, obviously, with the Coalition and the Initiative. But I think Gear 6 is, is probably still a ways away. And I yeah. think the Initiative, when they revealed Perfect Dark, seemed to suggest that it is also a ways away. So I think they're, they're two studios I'd... I'd be very surprised if they show up at this showcase. I think they'll be the two that'll sit out. Sit out. Um, Double Fine's another one. We know Psychonauts 2 is coming later this year. I- I'm not sure we're gonna, they're going to show more of that, though. It feels like that's been showed to death. Isn't it out in the um, summer? Yeah, I think it's out in a few months. So yeah. I, I, I don't really see a reason to show that. But at the same time, Double Fine are, are a studio that are always working on multiple products and they're always varied in their products they're not really known for like one series you know they're a very um 
experimental studio. So I wouldn't be surprised to see something else from Double Fine announced soon, and it, it could well be shown here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, other than this stuff, I think we'll get El- I'd assume we get Elden Ring on an Xbox show, just like they were, that's where it first was. And I think Battlefield will get announced into Game Pass here as well on day one. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, anything else we've missed from all the shows, or, or Xbox in particular? I mean, in terms of Xbox, as you said, I think there will be some third-party things. We, we've heard a lot about them, obviously, as we were saying, talking about their, the the deal with IO for the, the RPG. I've, I've heard of them talking to a lot of different companies um, to line up um, kind of third-party exclusives. So we could we could see a couple things from, from third parties, but we completely, we did, I, there'll be a complete surprise because we don't know what they are. And I think inevitably there'll be a, a kind of idea at Xbox um, showing it all as well. They, they like to highlight Sizzle the indies. Wheel. So I'm sure we'll, we'll see some indie titles as well. And there's always a cool, a couple of cool little titles in there. Um, I, I think really right now, Xbox is where the spotlight is, um, given the Bethesda acquisition, and I think people will be expecting this as it's the kind of it's the longest showcase of of kind of the notable ones, and it, it's got the most heavy hitters. So I think people are are expecting this to be what brings their their kind of E three hype train, and um, so I, I think there'll be a lot of there's a lot of pressure on on Microsoft and and Bethesda to deliver, but I'm I'm confident they will because they've a lot to show yeah absolutely i think with playstation not being at e3 uh recently or pulling out a few years ago i think the the focus did shift and it's not really been they've not really taken advantage of that sole spotlight um but i think this might be the first year to do it because well if we're even like 80 percent right they'll have quite a lot to show <laughs> so yeah uh, happy days, uh, hopefully, from my end. But that is it, Carl. I won't even ask you what we've been playing because we're nearly at two hours. Um, that's it. Thank you, Carl, and thank you, everyone, for listening. And goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.